This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. A person who is responsible is usually dependable, which can be trusted, and that leads to a level of security. Now, I've helped you, you know, I, I just wove all of that together. And, and this is why we're looking at these categories, because these are the areas where uh, most husbands are expected to perform, or expected to be responsible, dependable, trustworthy, and providing security for our families. You are listening to the Husband Coaches Corner, the podcast designed to teach husbands how to love their wife each and every day and become better men in the process. I'm your host, Chris Scott, and welcome back to another episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Husband Coaches Corner. Today, I'm excited to bring this episode to you because many times I'm asked, how do I know if I'm being a good husband? Well, today, hopefully we can unpack that with a short assessment. And then I'm going to give you some uh, ways of dealing with becoming a better husband after you take the assessment and you realize where you may be uh, coming up short or just areas where you want to improve and you know, you're not really short, but you want to be better at what it is you do when you love your wife. So stay tuned for that. Now, I am offering free consults. You can check the description box below or you can go over to marriagedrills.com and you can sign up for one of those. Uh, many men have told me that this is a phenomenal thing and, you know, I just want to help you wherever you are. You don't, there's no obligation to sign up for coaching or anything of that sort. This is 100% free and it's just my way of helping the community, uh, you as a listener and really just getting to know you and tailoring a plan that will help you go deeper in your relationship with your wife. So that's something you're interested in sign up today now let's go ahead and dive into our first category so the first segment that we're going to talk about is responsibility and dependability now as i ask these questions in this segment and the rest of the segments i want you to kind of pause the episode write down your answer if that's something that you can do if you listen to this while you're driving or walking or doing something that you can't really pause and, and do this, that's okay. Uh, come back to these questions because these are really good, insightful questions to how well you're performing as a husband. So the first question, is your wife asking you to do things and you follow through on them consistently? The second question are you taking care of the things that you need to like, and that this question can be very specific to a handful of things that, you know, you have to do around the house or as, uh, you know, you guys have responsibility assigned across your home. Um, are you taking care of your end of that responsibility? 
That's what this question is asking. The third question, are you consistent with doing things in general? Now, consistency means you have to do things at least 70% or more uh, of the time, right? So you can't say like, yeah, I'm consistent. And you do something like, you know, three times out of 10. So if you had to evaluate yourself and be honest, right? Don't lie to yourself. Uh, be honest. Are you consistent with doing things in general? This is a good indicator of your overall responsibility level and how often people can depend on you because, and, and this one, it really does go outside of the home, but uh, also take a, take a look at what you do inside of the home to see if you have some dependability challenges there. And then the last question for this segment, do you complete the things that you start or do you leave them halfway finished and you're like, I'll come back to that. All right. So that's the first segment of questions. The next segment is trustworthy and providing security. Now, this is a category that you should really evaluate. If you are not trustworthy or you fail at providing security, it could have some serious impacts on your marriage overall. So the first question, do you lie to your wife? This is a simple yes or no. You don't have to write out a full paragraph like sometimes or I mean, I guess sometimes works, but you know, you don't have to explain it, right? Uh, just write it down. Yes or no. Then number two, do you speak poorly of your wife to others? So when you're at the office or hanging out with your boys, do you talk trash about your wife? Number three, do you stand up for your wife when she feels wronged? So if something happens, do you stand up for your wife or are you passive and you're like, yeah, whatever. Number four, does your wife feel confident that you can protect her? And, you know, this is not me calling any man out there and, you know, saying like, oh, man, you can't you can't take care of your wife. But how does your wife perceive your ability to protect her? Does she perceive it as if you are going to be able to do that or does she have some concerns? And then the last question in this category, do you provide comfort to your wife's insecurities? The things that she is the least secure about either with herself or with finances or whatever it may be, whatever she has identified as an insecurity. Do you provide comfort to her in those areas of your marriage? All right. So those are the five questions for segment two. And then the final category or segment, I don't know exactly what we're going to call these, but uh, gentle and loving. All right. This is the final category, gentle and loving. How gentle and loving are you on a scale of one to 10? And for this category, you can break gentle and loving into two separate uh categories, if you will, but I'm lumping them together. So when you do your questions, you should probably put a column, one that says gentle and one that says loving, and then answer each question inside of those categories. Uh, so the first question is how gentle and loving are you on a scale of one to 10 for each of those categories? So you should have a one to 10 for how gentle you are. 
and then a one to 10 for how loving you are. The next question, do you yell often? Are you always yelling or are you often finding yourself yelling, uh, especially at your wife? All right. Now, you can assess this even outside of the home, but we're, we're really focused with are you yelling inside of the home? Are you yelling at your wife? All right. Uh, and then the next question, do you go out of your way to meet your wife's needs? If your wife asks you to do something, is it a burden or do you go out of the way to make sure that that thing is taken care of? The last question in this segment, do you take a harsh tone with your wife often? This kind of goes back to that yelling, but maybe you don't find yourself yelling at your wife, but instead you are a little bit more aggressive and, you know, there's, there's some people that are just direct and they go straight to the jugular with the way that they speak. They don't yell, but they go straight to whatever their objective is. Is that what you do with your wife? Now, that question on its own doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you're doing bad if that is how you, you know, if you take a harsh tone with your wife uh, and your wife doesn't receive that in a negative way, then maybe that's not bad. But this is just one of those uh, evaluations where you want to look at it and see, okay, is there something to this where I can go back and um, ask my wife, like, Hey, when I take a harsh tone, does that really bother you? Especially when we're talking about enriching the relationship and building it. So just keep that in mind. Now, here's the deal. I don't want you to beat yourself up too much over these categories. If you feel like you did not do too well. All right. Every man struggles in each of these categories, and you're going to find that you're doing great in some and not so good in others. That does not mean that you're failing if you're not doing well. We're actually going to talk about how you can improve on each of those categories uh, here in a second. Now, I've told you this many times. We're not perfect and I'm not perfect. I struggle with these categories as well, or some of these categories. I struggle with them. All right. Uh, and depending on the day, I may not be as consistent with the way that uh, my heart is actually geared towards my wife. Sometimes I get caught in my emotions, just like every other person does. So don't beat yourself up too much about this. Instead, you need to be aware of the things that you do and where you are in these particular categories when it comes to your wife and your relationship. Because that's how, you know, the first step is awareness and the second step is taking action or developing a plan and then applying the plan. So be aware, develop a plan, apply the plan, and then review the plan if we're going to go with like very simple steps. All right. So what can or should you do moving forward? Let's go ahead and talk through each of these segments that I mentioned earlier break down a way forward for you. So now if you want more detail information for your marriage, then I recommend that you sign up for a free consult using the link in the description box below or head over to marriagedrills.com to sign up. And 
I can't stress enough that there have been a lot of husbands that have grown in their marriage, not because of me, but because of their commitment to growing. I just help you identify where you can grow and then you have to go and apply it, right? I help you with developing and applying the plan. You have to be aware and you have to do the reevaluation. And I mean, you have to do all four of the steps, but my goal is just to help you develop a plan and then help you apply that plan. Now, let's go back to that first category, responsible and dependable. So get a good understanding of what things need to be done and which ones your wife places high value on. Once you have that information, it's easy. Just be consistent with completing these things. You shouldn't start more than one thing at a time because when you start doing more than one thing at a time, you start to get a little bogged down and you don't know which one is priority over the other. So if you do one thing at a time, you don't have these conflicting priorities. All right. If the task that you need to complete is a daily thing, then again, focus on doing one thing during that time. And if you have to mark time on the calendar just to make sure that you have time to do it or that you plan to do it so you won't forget, then that's how you do it. This is all about building that consistency and that dependability, being responsible about the things that you need to do. Now, I get it. Sometimes pinpointing an exact time, that's just not going to work for you and it doesn't work for everyone. However, decide what window of time it doesn't have to be you know if it's a task that takes 30 minutes to complete you can block off maybe an hour and a half so somewhere in that hour and a half you can complete that task especially if it's something that you know maybe it's i i have to clean the kitchen every night well depending on when you guys have dinner maybe you can't clean the kitchen immediately after dinner or maybe your dinner uh, is earlier or later. So, you know, just understand where you have to plug in the time or block the time off to accomplish the tasks. And when you're doing that task, uh, one of the hardest things to do is to stay focused on that one task. Now, the art of mastering to do things is the art of doing the thing that you're doing. Like, let that sink in. If you're washing dishes, then be absorbed in washing dishes. Don't make it a mindless task. Be mindful about it. You know, pay attention to how you're scrubbing the dish. And I know that this sounds weird um, and it's odd. But in that moment, when you learn how to do the thing that you're doing and be present doing that thing, it's going to be easier when I say something like be present when speaking with your wife, be present when speaking with your children. You can literally engage and be a part of what's going on. You can observe and you can absorb the things that are happening in the room. All right. Now. If there is more than one thing that you have to accomplish in a day, try spreading them out over uh, your week if you can, 
right? So if there's more than one thing that your wife is like, yeah, you know, you're responsible for doing this, or I would really like you to be uh, doing this, then see if you can spread that out over the week, all right, as you have time to complete those tasks. So if it's like, hey, I need you to clean the gutters, pull the weeds, mow the lawn, uh, trim the bushes, and I know I'm saying like all this yard work and stuff, but it could be other things. Doesn't matter what the task is. Clean the garage, get the oil change on the car. Look at your calendar and plan it out. It's so much easier to do things when you plan them. Uh, there's a saying when you make a plan, or if you don't make a plan, then you're planning to fail. And I'm probably butchering this saying. I don't even know where I got this one from. Probably should have looked it up. But nonetheless, if you fail to plan, then you're planning to fail. That's the that's the quote. All right. There we go. So put it on your calendar, make a plan, and then follow through with the plan. It's that simple. Like, I'm not going to teach you guys rocket science stuff, right? I want you to have simple, actionable steps that you can take to go and be successful in your marriage. And that's probably one of the easiest things that you can do. Put it on a calendar and then you just look at your calendar every day and you say, all right, here's what I got to accomplish today. Some people don't like that because, you know, they're like, well, it boxes me in. I'm not saying to fill every single second of your day, right? What I'm saying is, you know, in the morning, I got to go work out. Doesn't matter what time you go work out. That's up to you, right? If you say I'm going to work out at seven or 10 o'clock in the morning, whatever, that's up to you. But put a window of time on there. Like, hey, between seven and 10, I'm going to do a workout for 15, 20 minutes. All right. That way you have some flexibility, but you also have some boundaries. So you know that when someone comes to you and says, hey, can you do this? You're like, well, uh, nah, that's during my workout time. I'm, I'm going to be working out somewhere in there. Uh, and then, you know, do the same thing with your task that your wife is asking for. Now, again, this is a very general plan, but uh, for most people, this is all that they really need to help them with becoming more accountable in their responsibility and overall becoming more dependable just by putting it on the calendar and focusing on the calendar and working through that they become way more dependable i've seen plenty of husbands myself included become far more dependable because i put something on the calendar and then all i had to do was look at the calendar and adhere to it so i won't continue to uh to belabor that but if you got questions you know you can always reach out to me via email or sign up for uh, a consult and we can talk it through now the second segment which was trustworthy and providing security now this one is a little bit more in depth all right because of what impacts it has on your marriage now, to build trust and security, you still need to be consistent with doing the tasks that I mentioned earlier, you know, putting stuff on the calendar and things like that, right? You still got to be consistent. And you're also going to need to comfort your wife in our most uncomfortable areas. 
And if you don't know those areas, you got to go find them. You got to you really have to deep dive and know who your wife is. Um, Talk to her, get to know what her uh, most uncomfortable areas are, either about herself or uh, about the world, the society. It doesn't matter. Understand who your wife is. Now, I say this often, but uh, this is one of the hardest things to do if you have lost her trust. If you lost your wife's trust, this is one of the hardest things to regain. She may not want you to comfort her because she's trying to build a wall between you and her. And that could be over time. That could be an instant thing, right? Um, but if the if this is the case that your wife is trying to build a wall, uh, I need you to be patient, all right? You have to be patient and realize that to get through this wall, you will have to remove one brick at a time. That's the only way to get through the wall. You have to build that trust back through consistent actions of love, which we're going to get into gentle gentleness and love or through gentleness and love. Uh, but one brick at a time, it's not going to be easy. And it's, you know, it's a simple concept, but it is going to take some effort from you. And depending on what type of trust you lost from your wife and in that category or that area, it's going to require that much more trust from her to rebuild it. Like, uh, I don't have any data to back this, but what it seems to me every time I talk to a husband that's lost trust, it takes almost quadruple the time to rebuild trust than it does to lose it. All right. So if it takes four times the amount of time to build, uh, to rebuild trust, I'm, I'm sorry, not to build trust, to rebuild trust. So your wife had trust in you. You did something to offend her. Uh, you lost that trust. It's going to take four times longer for you to rebuild that trust than it did for you to build it in the first place. So you got to safeguard this, guys. If you're not in this boat, then great. Uh, you know, safeguard your, your trust with your wife. Now, if you caught this trust issue early, right, and she's building that wall early, uh, then you may be in luck because it won't take too long to remove those bricks. If you know that your wife has not trusted you for a long time, then this is going to take you a lot of time and it may even feel like you aren't making any progress. Like, I get it, but I need you to stick in there. All right. You got to be patient. You got to be consistent. You got to be determined and you got to do it with love and gentleness. Again, we're going to get into that. Uh, so for you, I want you to talk with your wife. If you're one of those people that you're like, man, I'm just not seeing any progress. My wife has really built up this wall and she shut me out. I want you to talk with your wife and ask her what she needs from you. Let her direct her healing process and the trust rebuilding, okay? This could be anything, but ask her to make it reasonable, all right? Make sure that she's asking you to do things that are reasonable. If she tells you something like, 
I want you to get a job that makes $80,000 uh, per day. Well, is that reasonable? Maybe if, you know, that's where your financial category is. But uh, for a majority of people, that is not likely, right? You're not going to make $80,000 a day unless you're doing something that uh, either is illegal or uh, you came across a good fortune. Um, but nonetheless, something that's reasonable, right? And I think most wives will ask you for some reasonable things. Uh, there, there can be some unreasonable requests out there, but my, uh, my memory escapes me of some that I've heard in the past that, uh, I, I just, I didn't write down when I was making my notes for this episode. So I don't have those to share with you. But you'll know uh, the unreasonable request when your wife sends it your way, because you'll be like, really? That, come on. And if, if your response has to be really, uh, assuming that you have a good understanding of what reasonable and unreasonable is, then you'll be able to work through that. Now, if she asks you for a glass of water, then just get her a glass of water, right? That's probably in the reasonable request realm. But if she tells you she wants a bottle of expensive wine that's only made in like Italy or somewhere special, I don't drink wine, but uh, and you know, you are not about to get to Italy or you don't have the dollar amount to get that wine. And so then, you know, you're like, all right, well. When do you want this? Because if you're asking me to go buy this tonight, you know, you're not going to get it tonight. That's an unreasonable request. All right. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Now, if she asks you to come home early from work, figure out a way to make that happen within reason. I get it. You can't always go home early. Uh, but if you can, then figure that out. But. When you start to show up for your wife in this kind of a way where you are, if she asks for something and you're able to deliver, you're going to build your dependability, but you're also going to start to rebuild trust because trust security, it's all hinged on dependability, right? Uh, I'm a parachutist. I jump out of airplanes. I trust that my parachute is going to open because it has been dependable in the past that when I exit an aircraft, my parachute opens. Now, the person who packs my parachute inspects all of the chambers inside of it to make sure that uh, it's good to go. So when my parachute opens up, it's good to go. I have trust that my parachute's going to be open or that my parachute will open when I exit the aircraft because consistently it has happened and it has been a successful uh, error. Um, it's been a, a successful event, right? If your wife does not have a sense of trust because you haven't been dependable. This is where you're going to have some issues, right? 
So you can start to see how those these things play together, right? If you're not dependable, you probably don't have much trust and you probably don't have much trust uh, because you're not providing a level of security. And that's all hinged upon the dependability of whatever it is that you do or don't do. All right. But when you start to show up for your wife in this way, she will slowly start to open up her defenses and let you be that comforter that I'm saying that you should be in, in this area. Now, if you did something to hurt your wife's security or to violate her security, then you can do a lot of the same things that I just talked about. But I want you to focus on really fortifying her insecurities because our wives have them. My wife has my my wife has insecurities. I know at least most of them, or at least I believe I do. And I do what I can to help her feel as comfortable with insecurities that she has between finances, self-image, uh, relationship challenges, not ours, but relational issues that she has with friends, families uh, or friends and family. You know, things like that, right? Insecurities in that regard, I do my best to comfort her and to, you know, pretty much let her know like, hey, I'm your shield. Now, if your wife doesn't view you as her shield, then maybe you have some challenges here or you just don't know what her insecurities are. So she feels like she's working on her own to overcome those challenges instead of having a partner to help her with it. Now, if she has concerns about someone breaking into your home, develop a home defense plan. It's that simple. If she's not secure with finances, then develop a finance plan. Again, guys, I'm giving you simple ways that are fairly generic. Um, and I get it. Not everyone's going to have these type of issues, but moral of the story Whatever your issue is, you can develop a plan. Now, if you need help developing a plan, then that's where I come in. I hope you build those plans. But the goal here is whatever your wife needs, just provide that so you can feel or I'm sorry, so she can feel safe with you and you redevelop that security. But again, you have to be dependable. And this also airs onto the side of responsible because a person who is responsible is usually dependable, which can be trusted. And that leads to a level of security. Now I've helped you, you know, I, I just wove all of that together. And, and this is why we're looking at these categories because these are the areas where uh, most husbands are expected to perform or expected to be responsible, dependable, trustworthy, and providing security for our families. Now, here's the deal when it comes to trustworthy and providing security. Your actions have to speak louder than your words. The things that you do have to be more uh, potent than the things that you say. All right. So if you're going to say that you're going to do something, then be consistent and trustworthy of being able to do it. All right. If you're not going to do it, don't say you're going to do it. 
And if you're not sure if you're going to do it, then don't say anything and then just go and do it. And when it happens, then it happened. Congratulations. But if it doesn't, at least no one was expecting it. It, the, The worst thing is that someone expects you to do something and you don't follow through on it. So don't be that guy. We talked about responsibility, dependability, trustworthy, providing security. Now we get into really the, uh, I don't want to say the meat and potatoes, but this is kind of the vessel of moving all of those things through. The reason why, right? Um, I probably should have started with this, but being gentle and loving, these are very important things, right? To become more gentle and loving, you have to get the buy-in from your wife on how well you're doing already. This is not something that you can assess for yourself very well. You have to go to your wife and say, hey, have I been gentle and loving? How would you rate this on a scale of one to 10? You have your rating. She has her rating Um, because She is the recipient of your gentleness and your love. So you have to know what it is that she's telling you that you are. And really, her assessment is more important than your assessment because she's the one that's, again, the recipient, right? So go ask her. Do not simply take this assessment on your own and then think like, oh, yeah, I I. I am very gentle and loving if you rate it yourself to be high. And then your wife comes back and she's like, well, actually, you were more like a four or a five. And you're like, well, I thought I was an eight or a nine. You see how that that works out? So that means that you got a little bit of work to do to get up to that eight or nine that you thought. Now, to become more gentle, uh, it is really just being more patient with your wife. Gentleness is all about how well you handle issues, uh, either with a softer tone or a more humble approach, um, a more patient approach. And this can be hard sometimes, but I like to think of this as choose your battles wisely. Do you need to make everything an argument just because it upsets you? Something happens, you know, at your house. Do you need to turn everything into an argument or can you let some stuff go or uh, find a different way of dealing with that issue? Try your best to only argue with your wife once per day. Like if you can figure out how to choose your battles. Right. So if I'm telling you, pick your battles wisely and choose one battle per day to fight. Like if if you're like, you know what? I just need to argue. Choose one per day. And I would recommend not making it a big one because you know, that one per day may roll into the next day and now you don't get to argue about something else that day. You have to argue about the thing that you argued on yesterday because you it was a big one and it takes a little bit of time to deal with that conflict. All right? But everything else, uh, be more passive or at least more patient, um, quick to listen and slow to speak. Observe, observe and absorb 
more than you put out. All right. So pay attention to what's happening and hear what's happening and then speak. But don't just throw stuff out there because you think you're right. And then come to find out you weren't as right as you thought you were. And once you've mastered the once per day, then you can move on to once per week. Now, these arguments, they don't have to be uh, big. And I recommend that they're not big. It can be something as simple as, uh, you know, I'm arguing with my wife because we're having a different meal than I wanted. Right. That's not a big deal. But I also uh, wouldn't argue with her over that. Not not anymore. Now it's just like, all right, that's what we're eating. Cool. Thanks. Right. Uh, because I have learned to be way more patient and way more gentle with my wife. And in return, that's and the reason why you want to do this is it opens up the opportunity for you to have a more compassion filled conversation that may result in you getting the thing that you wanted later on. So, you know, if my wife cooks something and I'm like, okay, I try it. And she looks at me and she's like, all right, what did you think? I can tell my wife, honestly, uh, because I've learned that she receives information. Like if she wants to cook something new, I have to at least try it. And if I try it and she asks me like, Hey, what do you think? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Then I have to go back to her or I can go back to her. I should say, and I could be like, nah, I didn't really care for that. And then she's like, oh, okay. But if she says, hey, I want to cook something new, and I instantly throw my hands up, that can become an argument because she likes to try new foods and I don't. So now what I've learned, again, this is all about being patient and gentle. If I let her cook the food, I try the food, then there's an opportunity where I can go back to her and say, yeah, I wasn't really uh, feeling that food. And then she receives that a lot better. So gentleness, right? And I do that in love. Again, this is how we be, we build up that trust, that security, and then, uh, you know, dependability and responsibility are kind of the, the structures for, what it is that we do to build that uh, security and um, trustworthiness. Now, I do want to put a disclaimer here. I'm not suggesting that you turn into a passive pushover. All right. I want to put a really huge disclaimer that that's not what I'm saying. Instead, I'm suggesting that you choose a different way of handling frustrating situations with your wife. You can still address things that bother you, but choose a more gentle approach when handling the disagreement. Use a calm voice and a non-sarcastic response. I can't stress that enough. Use a calm voice and a non-sarcastic response. Validate her view and then share yours as an alternative view without making hers seem inferior right? You're not better than your wife. And if you have a mindset that you are better than your wife, then you have 
other issues that you probably need to deal with. And you're probably not doing a good job at building security um, in your relationship. And you're probably also lacking love because you think that your wife is beneath you. Again, hopefully that's not listeners of this podcast. But if that is you, uh, then I would have to encourage you to stop that thought process today. All right. Um, now, also a, a quick tip on validating. If you are going to validate your wife or anyone, do not follow it with the word but. Once you say the word but, it negates the validation. Instead, what you want to follow your validation with is an and or you can say things like good uh, or you can say a statement like good point. Have you considered and then fill in the blank? All right. But as soon as you say, yeah, I can see how that really upsets you. But you just negated the statement that came before uh, because what you're saying is, but you're actually uh, either one having a false point of view or two, you're incorrect. Uh, You know, like you're when you say the word, but it is saying, uh, but when you say the word, but you are changing the entire phrase that came before that into a false statement, meaning your wife is wrong. And as soon as you tell someone they're wrong, they take a defense. So instead to overcome that, once you validate like, Hey, yeah, I can see how that's upsetting. Good point that that was upsetting. Here's what I actually wanted to portray. And that takes away the defense that your wife is going to have. Right? So if she says something like, Hey, you know, you should really take out the trash. Uh, you know, something like that. I making stuff up on the fly. Uh, you can say good point. Uh, have you considered that I might take the trash out after we eat dinner because I don't want to like have to keep rewashing my hands, you know, things like that. But moral of the story, these are two ways to help generate a more gentle response and resolve conflicts in a loving way with your wife, as opposed to uh, going through deep and very stressful, challenging arguments. When you can get your arguments down to only once per week, uh, what you're going to find is that you are spending more enjoyable time with your wife, which is what I want you to do. And that's the whole reason why I'm trying to help you find a more gentle approach. And all of this is inspired by the love that you have for your wife, right? You want to be more gentle with your wife because you love her. And love is a verb. It's not an adjective. You know, people say he's loving or she's loving uh, as if it's an adjective or something. But it's actually a verb. It's something you do. And the way that we do it primarily is through gentleness. And that's why I'm saying you will find that you're going to spend more enjoyable time with your wife when you're not arguing because you're going to be more present. Again, the mastery of doing the thing that you're doing and not worrying about something else, right? You can 
just be engaged with your wife and you're going to find that you're going to enjoy spending time with your wife as opposed to it being like a chore. Now, you don't have to be upset with everything she does either. Uh, when you choose to be gentle, patient and loving, right? Uh, you don't have to be upset with everything she does either when you choose to be gentle and patient. That's the reason why I'm recommending this. All right. Uh, instead, embrace her difference and love her through it. Now, in addition to the steps for being gentle, there are five love languages you should become extremely familiar with. All right. Regardless of what your faith background is or your belief, you should be very, very familiar with these five love languages. All right. If you've never heard of this before, the five love languages, uh, here's what they are. Words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, gift giving, and quality time. Now, you should take a, a love language quiz, which uh, you can access over on marriagedrills.com uh, in the resources tab or resources uh, page. You can go and take a love language quiz there. And this is going to tell you what your love language is. Your wife needs to take this quiz because you need to know your wife's love language. Now, these things, they change uh, over time. So just because your wife's love language, uh, primary love language was words of affirmation and quality time doesn't mean that in three months, four months, a year that it doesn't turn into acts of service and physical touch. It just depends on where your wife is in her, uh, in her development, uh, and her maturity level, right? Um, these things change and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with our love languages changing, but you should, I always recommend people take the love language quiz at least twice a year. Uh, you can take it on your anniversary and then six months later, right? Um, it, it's just a good anniversary routine. Uh, my wife and I take it somewhere near our anniversary, uh, and then somewhere near six months later. So that's an option that you have, but you definitely want to know your wife's love language because this is the easiest way for you to go and genuinely show your wife love uh, because you can do whatever is her top two love languages. You can perform those and you can meet her where she is. And it doesn't matter if you're always on the road, um, because you can outside of physical touch. Yeah. Outside of physical touch, everything else you can do while you're on the road. All right. Now, I want to be real with you because every time I offer this as an option to a client or uh, someone I meet on the street, they often say, I can't do this every day, right? The truth is uh, you could, you just won't. And when I say do this every day, I mean uh, performing these love languages and, you know, finding a way to do the top two things every single day. A lot of people tell me, well, Chris, I can't do that. That's that that is uh, unrealistic. I have to work or I do this. I do that. And 
it amazes me that there are so many people that want a great marriage, but they're not willing to put in the work that's necessary to develop that great marriage. That is the equivalent of an overweight person saying that they want to get six pack abs, but they can only work out once per week. Uh, okay. I'm sure at some point you'll meet that intent of getting six packs, six pack abs, but you're not getting the momentum that you get when you are consistent with doing something every day. When you do something every single day, think about the momentum that you're building. Now, anyone who has ever played team sports, uh, you know that when you get momentum on your side, it's hard to mess things up. But when you don't have momentum in a game, it's easy to drop a ball, uh, to miss a shot, to miss a block or a tackle because you're just not motivated. But when you have that momentum, it's like you are you are firing on all cylinders and you're paying attention. You're reading plays better. Uh, you're observing what's happening and where you can go to plug a hole and things just start to work for you. The same thing happens in our marriage when we are consistent with loving our wives in a way that she reciprocates love. You are going to build your marriage and deepen it, and it's going to be amazing. But if you're not willing to do that on a daily basis, it's just not going to work. You got to fill up your wife's love tank. It builds intimacy between the two of you. By doing this, you help rebuild trust and build security. If that's already uh, messed up, right? Um, but if it isn't, you're refortifying the trust and security. And this is a direct result of being responsible because we're responsible to loving our wives. And over time, that turns into dependability. It proves to our wife that we are dependable. Now, most importantly, it brings your creative and genuine approach to loving your wife in a way that only you can. See, these six cat or these three categories or segments, but these six sub you know, these six words, if you will, I don't know what, what, what we're really calling these, but uh, everyone, they have a responsibility to them. It, it's true to every relationship, right? Every single relationship, these six things are present. But what's different in every relationship is you. You are different. And your wife is different than me and my wife. I don't want you to go out and do things in a way that isn't genuine to who you are. I want you to do it in a way that's genuine to who you are because your wife married you for the person that you are. So she wants you to show up and love her the way that she fell in love with you. And, you know, when we get married, sometimes we miss that. 
we lose that reality that our wife fell in love with us for a reason. And we start to try and find new ways of rekindling the fire or the flame. And uh, the truth is, in most scenarios or most marriages, I find that you don't have to rekindle something. All you have to do is take care of the flame that is there. And you're going to be fine. It may be, you know, it may be glowing and it's not a flame. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe that's why people call it rekindling the flame. I don't know. Moral of the story. Be genuine to who you are and love your wife in a way that only you can, because you are a very unique person. So I'm going to leave it there uh, for today's episode. Now, there are some great links in the description box below. Uh, as I mentioned, there's the link over to the resources page on marriagedrills.com. So you can take that uh, love language quiz. Please go and do that. And if you haven't already, and if you did it six months ago, then maybe it's time to re-up on that. Uh, so you know where your love languages are and get your wife to do it. Um, what I have found is if you do your love language quiz first and then you give that to your wife, they're usually inspired to do it right after you. So give that a shot. If your wife is like, no, I'm not going to do that. Especially if you're dealing with one of those insecurity, uh, issues or trust issues. If you do yours first, it's a, uh, I don't want to say monkey see monkey do, cause that sounds bad, but Essentially, you're leading the way, right? If you are willing to do it, then why wouldn't she be willing to do it is kind of the reasoning behind that. It doesn't work every time, but I have seen it work a number of times. And I think that it's at least worth trying because worst case scenario, your wife at least knows your love languages, uh, and hopefully, you know, she reciprocates on those or she acts on them. Um, but yeah, so hopefully you guys found value in today's episode. If you got questions, send me an email, um, or register for one of those consults over at marriagedrills.com. And until the next time, find a way to love your wife every day. Peace. <laughs>